that, why don't you lift up your hands and continue to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, God is in this building, and he can do all things. Hallelujah. With man, there are impossibilities, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. Lift up your faith and your worship here today. Hallelujah, Lord, I worship you, God. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Come on, let's take a few minutes and just entertain the presence of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, let's lift up our hands all across this house. Come on, he's in this building. If you have a need in your life, there are many needs represented in this house, even beyond this building that you know of. I want you to pray about it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's pray. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's clap our hands and let's give God some praise. In Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord here this Sunday afternoon. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school kids to their classrooms as well as their teachers. And everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids and God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. We're thankful for the investment they're making in these kids' lives. Amen. Praise God. I just received some credible information that everybody's going to need to know that this Friday for renovate out in Sparks the decision has been made and changed that the food afterwards will be free so if you needed any incentive beyond what we've already given you amen that there we're going to be taking help and take care of all of that and so we want we want everybody to come out this Friday night if you need direction Souls Harbor Church in Sparks uh, please contact anybody in this church that has a cell phone and we'll help get you the directions on the GPS I'll never forget uh, my wife and I were in Spokane and and uh, we were driving around and I was called my grandpa because we were heading to their place and he said do you need directions I said no no grandpa I'm all right he said well what you do is you take the 395 and then you take a right by the trash can and a left by the black cat and uh, I recorded it for a good 10 minutes. He gave me directions. I made it all the way to his house by the time I was uh, finished with the directions. But uh, if you need directions, just come see anybody in this church. We'll help, help get you there, and, uh, and God will bless you during that time. Everybody said amen. amen. The book of Luke, chapter 24, and verse good to have all of our guests and visitors amen we want to remember to pray for those that are sick those that are out also there's several out traveling we want to make sure that we pray for them that they would return safely in Jesus name Luke chapter 24 uh, verse Brother Jonathan already read a scripture related to this one, didn't know it. Amen. 
That's what happens when you get synced up in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So I was going to read that one as well, but I don't need to now. So Luke 24, verse 49, the word of God declares this. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. He told them to tarry and to wait in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, which next Sunday we're going to be celebrating Pentecost Sunday. And, uh, and if you know of anybody that needs the Holy Ghost, I want to encourage you to bring them next Sunday. If you know of anybody that needs a miracle, we are going to introduce our city to Pentecost. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to do that. But this is what he declared to his disciples that they were to do before Pentecost. And so I want to take, uh, take this time today. He told them to tarry, to wait in Jerusalem. And while they were doing that, the Bible says they worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually, everybody say continually. Continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Waiting is worship. Waiting is worship. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building that God would speak to each and every heart. Would you lift up your voice and pray with us? Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you are continually pouring out good things and blessings unto us. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd give us a revelation, Lord, that in the middle of our waiting, in the middle of the times where we are in between, God, that we are, in fact, been activating our worship. And I pray, God, that you'd bless us with your word today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands and let's give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Waiting is worship. Every person in this building is well acquainted with waiting. If you're married, you're definitely well acquainted with waiting. Amen. Now, usually it's my wife waiting on me, right, babe? No. Amen. Webster defines waiting as stay to stay in place in expectation to look forward expectantly or to hold back expectantly to remain ready and available to stay in one place or one frame of mind because you expect or hope that something will happen i want to just help us here today waiting is a verb Hallelujah. Amen. There's some people that think waiting is simply inactivity, but waiting is, in fact, 
an action in and of itself. It varies depending on where you, you and I live and what our occupation might be, but research shows that the average person will spend about an hour a day waiting in some kind of line, whether it be at the grocery store, the drive through uh, or you are waiting at some theme park. You are going to spend about two to three years of your life waiting. The average person spends two weeks of their life uh, waiting at a red light or a stop sign. In fact, I found myself this weekend heading to the, to the couple's bowling. I, I took the freeway from my house, and I took a left instead of taking a right. I went towards Costco instead of towards the bowling alley. Uh, I'm still turned around. I've lived here five years, but I'm still a little turned around. And, uh, and I, I got to the red light, and I thought, can this thing just hurry up because I was running behind now that I took a wrong turn. And so I, you spend about two weeks of your life at a red light or a stop sign. That's, that's a long time. I just wish that it was always green for me, but I seem to hit every red light. Anybody ever experienced that? It just seems like you hit every red light. I, I, I must have that gifting. I just hit every red light, both in the natural and in my life. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they say the average person spends about 43 days of their life on hold. How many likes calling and getting a hold of, uh, you trying to call AT&T or trying to call Spectrum because they're trash? And uh, your call is very important to us. You see, I, I've waited on hold a long time. Your call is important to us. It'll be answered in the order it was received. And then you wait there for the order to get to your time. It ends up being approximately 43 days of your life on hold. Now, uh, if you work any job uh, at all and you're in the clerical business, you had to spend a lot more time. I think I've already spent 50 years of my life on hold while working in banking. Amen. Of course, there's also waiting at the doctor's office. Just waiting for somebody to return a phone call. Anybody ever got somebody like that? They call you, you pick up right away, and then you call them back, and three weeks go by? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, see, my wife said Amen. She calls me up. Yes, babe. I call her. and she, she lost her phone. Something happened. I don't know. But, you know, there's some, there's some, I got some friends like that. I call them, and, uh, and they don't answer. And I get a call back about four months later. And they say, oh, I'm so sorry. I was busy. You were busy for four months? I was waiting for four months. I had something urgent I needed to call you about. Uh, but, you know, we wait in airports. We wait uh, if you, if you got to take a bus or a taxi. We also wait in life. Uh, when we're single, we wait for the right person to come along. And uh, some of y'all men better start moving because the ladies are waiting. Amen. We wait for the shower temperature to be just right for us to get into it. We wait for our coffee to brew. And this does not include the time that we wait for our spouse or for our children. Now, they found there's seven factors that make waiting seem a lot longer. It's going to help everybody understand why sometimes waiting is not a big deal and other times it's a big deal. They found that unoccupied time feels longer than occupied time. This is why they put mirrors inside of elevators at hotels. They want you to have something to do, stare in the mirror, make faces. People, uh, they, they, it seems longer because people, when people want to get started on something, this is why when you go to the restaurant, they give you a menu. They want you to think you're doing something. Or they bring you a basket of bread because they want you to think you're already eating. Trying to make sure your weight doesn't seem as intense. Anxiety also makes the weight seem longer. It's, it just seems, and, and you'll all, we've all experienced this, that when you're running late, 
you always seem to choose the slowest line. You always seem to have the longest red light, and it brings about a little anxiety that this needs to just hurry up. Uncertain weights are also longer than known or finite weights. This is the difference between your call will be answered in the order it was received or shortly, because it's important to us, and your current wait time is five minutes. I stay on the phone when they say your current wait time is five minutes. I don't stay on the phone when they say your call will, is important to us. That lets me know it's probably not that important, and they're going to get to me in about six hours. Unexplained weights are also longer than explained weights. Waiting on your food when the restaurant is empty, that's annoying. What are y'all doing? Making me wait for nothing. Versus when it's busy. Oh, they're busy. I understand. Everybody. I don't know what it is. When they're busy, they're pumping food out. But when it's empty, man, it's like nobody's around. They all disappear. Amen. Uh, how about this one? Unfair waiting versus equitable waiting. When you go to the DMV, you show up first. You take a number first. And then you see somebody who came 10, 15 minutes after you. They seem to get up. And uh, they call their number before you. I know I'm not the only one that's experienced that. Uh, so it seems like an unfair waiting. And then also, when you're waiting all by yourself, it seems a lot longer and more intense than when you're waiting with other people. Because being alone makes waiting feel a lot more uncomfortable. This is why in our current generation, when people are waiting, they're on their cell phone. It used to be you had to wait. You had to bring a book with you or a newspaper or, for heaven's sake, you had to talk to somebody. That just gave everybody, all the introverts, anxiety that you have to talk to the person. Uh, you know, I put my phone down just so I can talk to people. I mean, man, if I'm waiting and they're waiting, I've got a captive audience. They're in the rice aisle. I'm in the rice aisle. I don't want to be on my phone. Hey, man, we're waiting for somebody to get out of the way. I'm like, man, you need, you need rice. I need rice. Rice needs water. You need to be baptized. Amen. Uh, <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta learn how to wait, right? Amen. And so, we're all accustomed to waiting. We all have to endure waiting, but some of us endure waiting differently. Amen. Unfortunately, throughout our lives, and often in, in, on a number of occasions, we find ourselves in this waiting, and uh, and it's just one of those unenjoyable truths of life. Everybody's gotta wait. You ever heard the phrase "hurry up and wait"? That's life. Hurry up and wait. You just get through one thing so you can hurry up and wait. There's people here today that are in waiting. There's some folks uh, that you are waiting on a future spouse. You're waiting to get married. Hey, Amen. That's, that's an uncomfortable time of life, waiting. I had to wait till I was uh, 28 before I got married. You know, I have to believe that waiting is good for us because I don't think I would have been a very good husband at 18 or 19. I'm still trying my best now, but I, I definitely wouldn't have been good then. There's something about waiting that makes you a better person. There's something about waiting that will make you appreciate when you finally get there. Hallelujah. There's some people that are waiting on children. There's some people waiting on answers, direction, guidance, or purpose. There's people that are waiting on a loved one to come to God or to come back to God. There's people in this building today that are waiting on a healing, that are waiting on a financial breakthrough, that are waiting on a relational restoration, that are waiting on a promotion on the job, that are waiting for something somewhere in their life to change, uh, that are waiting on a promise to be fulfilled, they're waiting on a dream to be fulfilled. And everybody in this building, there's, there's something that you are waiting on. Hallelujah. And I've come to preach to everybody. Waiting can be extremely difficult, and it can be a painful process. 
Amen. But let me just preach to somebody the flip side of those that are on those that are waiting. If we're not careful, we will try to rush through the waiting period because of something called impatience. Everybody shout impatience. Hallelujah. That means I'm patient. Amen. Impatience. Abraham and Sarah got impatient waiting for a son. And the Bible declares they created an Ishmael through a woman by the name of Hagar. Moses got impatient waiting on water to flow from a rock. So he struck the rock instead uh, and he couldn't enter into the promised land because of his impatience. Uh, Israel got impatient waiting on Moses to come down with the law of God, the word of God. Amen. Down from that mountain. Uh, and they said Moses has disappeared uh, and we're tired of waiting on him. They got impatient and they turned, uh, they turned to uh, the, 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 the priest and they said make us a golden calf that we can have something to worship. I've learned when people get impatient, they start becoming idolatrous. When people get impatient, they make bad decisions. When people get, you got to be careful not to get impatient in the middle of your waiting. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Saul got impatient while waiting for Samuel. The Bible declares he thought that what God was looking for was sacrifice. And so he hastily prepared a sacrifice, even though he wasn't a priest or a prophet. He took a position upon himself that he wasn't qualified for and ready for. And the Bible declares when Samuel finally showed up, he said, Is God got delight in things like sacrifice more than things like obedience? Amen. I, I just want to help somebody here today. Uh, Saul, God wasn't looking for your sacrifice. He was looking for your obedience in the time of waiting. Hallelujah. There's some people you're waiting on God to fulfill a promise or a call, but there is nothing worse, amen, than the right person at the wrong time. Hallelujah. There's, there's, there's nothing worse than showing up to a job you're not qualified for, than getting ahead of yourself and putting the cart before the horse, and you get somewhere you're not ready for, that your character can't sustain. There's nothing worse than the calling finally coming to be, and you're not ready to sustain the calling. For the promise to show up, but because you were so impatient, you rushed to get to that calling or to that promise, and you weren't ready for it. Can I preach ARC? There's nothing worse than getting a Bible we can't sustain and we're not ready for. This is why in the waiting period we got to work. While we're in the waiting period we got to worship. While we're in the waiting period we got to grow. While we're in the waiting period we got to become. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. How you wait matters. How you wait makes a difference. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. I didn't say waiting was easy. I didn't say waiting was fun. But waiting is necessary. Waiting is necessary. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him some praise. Amen. We've got to be careful of impatience. Impatience will steal your worship. Impatience will steal your worship. Amen. And waiting is worship. Amen. When we get impatient, we, you know, there's people that they're single. Amen. Don't let singleness cause you to marry the wrong one. It's, oh, hallelujah, I felt that. It's better to be alone than to be with the wrong one. Uh, hallelujah, there's some folks that you've been through that, that way. You've been that direction. Amen, hallelujah. But there's some people, you need to hear it, amen, that there's some things worse than waiting. And that's rushing in. Hallelujah. Getting involved in something. You know, they, they talk about, you've got to read the fine print. Amen, everybody that's got an iPhone is a liar. You accept, you've read and accept the terms and conditions. No, you didn't. 
Neither did I. God forgive us. But you start signing up for things that you didn't read through and you're not ready for. You start signing. I've come to preach to somebody today because you're impatient and you're not willing to wait. And I'm preaching all of us, myself included, when, because we're impatient. We're not willing to wait. We rush into things we're not ready for. We buy houses we can't afford. We buy cars that, that look nice, but eventually uh, they, they just they aren't very nice in the payment. Amen. We start doing things to impress people that we don't even like. Amen. Because we got impatient because we want to look like we made it instead of actually making it. We would rather look good on Instagram and look good for a moment than to actually be good because we got impatient because we got tired of waiting because you got tired of being single you found anybody but I want to tell you amen you can't just have anybody you got to have the right somebody uh, because you were just tired of waiting on God to open the doors you started opening your own doors and you thought you had a ministry and all of a sudden God starts coming to shut those doors to save your soul you got to wait waiting's a good thing waiting's a blessing and waiting is part of your worship Somebody give God some praise. Somebody give God some praise. Don't let impatience steal your worship called waiting. Don't let impatience steal your worship called waiting. Man, let me preach to somebody in this, in this that's dealing with impatience. We've got to lose our obsession with how long is it going to take. Hallelujah. I've come to say that to somebody again. We've got to lose our, our obsession with how long is this going to take. You know, there's people, they ask a question, and somebody said, hey, they asked somebody who was real fit. They said, what's the quickest way to get in shape? You know what this guy said? Why has it got to be quick? Why has it got to be easy? You can tell the difference why, why, why one's in shape and one's not. Because one was looking for the easy route, and the other one said, you're looking at the wrong thing. Uh, you're looking to get there fast and to get there quick. But you've got to learn how to wait and wait properly. Uh, in fact, you've got to learn to wait, lift the weights, praise God. <laughs> you gotta, you're going to have to do something. There's going to have, have to be activity in this waiting period. And it's not a shortened period. It's not a quick period. It's going to take time. We've got to lose our obsession on how long is it going to take. We've got to start looking at the fact that it's going to happen. Whether, whether or not it takes 10 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen, and my focus is not on how quick it's going to get there. It's on what I learn while I wait and what I do while I wait. Can I preach to somebody? The process of you being healed is more important to God than you actually getting healed. The process of us having revival is more important to God than the revival itself. The process of you getting the right one is more important than just getting married. God wants you to go through the process. It's not just about being a preacher or being a minister. It's the process you had to go through to get there. So don't get impatient while you're waiting. you got to worship God while you're waiting. you got to learn while you're waiting. you got to grow while you're waiting somebody needs to get out of the finite game and step into the infinite game I'm going to learn the right things while I wait I'm going to worship while I wait I'm going to praise him while I wait oh somebody clap your hands and give him praise I've come to preach to every person that's in waiting I should be married by now should have kids by now should be in ministry by now should be preaching by now. Should be out of debt by now. Should have a happy marriage by now. Amen. Think the kids should be acting right by now. Amen. Because they're so focused on the by now. Amen. That they don't realize there's a process in the waiting. We are in a world that has lost the virtue called patience. That's what Paul said. He said you have need of patience. And after you've done the will of God. 
Amen. I want to tell you, doing the will of God is not an easy thing. You're going to have to take a lot of patience to do the will of God. Hallelujah. We, we, we want everything right now. You know, there's people in this building that don't even know how to write a letter. They don't know where the, where the stamp goes. Hallelujah. They don't know what it is to send a letter and it take three, three or four weeks to get there. Amen. They, they know what it is to send a text message and it shows up blue if you're anointed. Praise God. If you don't get that joke, God will help you. Amen. And it says red because it happens immediate and we're losing this and, and our attention spans going down. You know, they're saying that, uh, that, that, that this generation, they're, they're everybody's ADD and ADHD and they just, they just used to say I was full of energy. I don't know. Um, now they got clinical diagnoses for it, and everybody's on Ritalin, and everybody's on some sort of drug. Uh, we used to have a cure for that when I was a kid. It's go out and play um, and run your energy off. And by the time you get back in, you, you, you're too tired uh, to cause any trouble in the house because you were outside. Uh, but now everybody's on the phone. We don't realize what the blue light's doing to our brain. We don't realize what the phone's doing to our brain. And, you know, as, even as a kid, I remember going out from the, from the early day. They'd send us out, and, and you didn't come back until after it was dark. It was a great way for the parents to get free daycare. It was called the outside. But, uh, but we, we had to go outside, and, 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 man, we were hungry, but dinner wasn't ready yet. It wasn't dinner time. So guess what you did? You didn't go in and demand a snack. You stayed outside or your bottom would be hurting. Amen. And you stayed out there because you had to, you had to learn how to wait. You didn't get a call. Uh, you didn't get a call or a text right away. You had to wait. You had to learn to wait. I'm not preaching something I haven't lived. Amen. Anybody remember dial-up internet? Yeah. <laughs> You ask somebody what that sound is, they don't know what it is. And only, you know, kids, let me, let me talk to all the young people. Your, your previous generations, we had, to, we had to have the Internet or the phone. You couldn't be on the phone if Dad was on the Internet. You, you, couldn't, call, you couldn't call that pretty girl if somebody was on the Internet. Uh, you, you were stuck uh, in waiting. Amen. We're in a world right now that now you don't wait for nothing. You want it, it's immediate. I feel like Amazon lives at my house because it didn't, doesn't matter if you need, you need a wrench or you need shoes. It don't matter. It's going to show up the next day. Hey Amen. I want to help somebody here today. In this current generation that's lost the art of waiting, we have got to regain the art of waiting. Furthermore, we've got to regain the art of waiting on the Lord. Waiting is a verb. Waiting is an action. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm inactive just standing around looking up to heaven. No, waiting is part of my worship. And if God doesn't answer me right away, that's okay. I'm still waiting on the Lord. And if God doesn't heal me right away, that's all right. I'm still worshiping God. And if God doesn't respond to me after five minutes of praying because I've got my flesh rise up, I'm going to keep praying a little longer and tarrying until the Lord induce me with power from on high. Because waiting is part of my worship. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. We've got to get our weight back. We've got to get our weight back. And if we get our weight back, we'll get our worship back. If we'll learn how to wait, we'll get power. If we learn how to wait, we'll get power. Can I, can I postulate to somebody here today that you are asking God to do something and God's just simply waiting for you to learn how to wait before he'll do it? 
He's trying to teach us patience in the waiting. And he's trying to give us an opportunity to worship him in the waiting. And if we will get the lesson, he'll start moving. But if we try to demand God or force God or rush God, he'll sit back longer. Hallelujah. I'll prove it to you. Mary and Martha called for Jesus and they said, your friend. They, look, I love how the Bible says it. They sent messengers to Jesus and said, your friend that you love, Lazarus. If that's not manipulation, I don't know what is. <laughs> Remember all the good things he used to do for you? Time to pay it back, Jesus. He's your friend. And by the way, you love him. And you said how, how much you love him. So you better hightail it and get to where we are. Anybody ever prayed prayers like that? Remember that 52-day fast I went on, Lord? Remember that time I, I gave up Cheez-Its and Lucky Charms? And we try to strong-arm God into moving. Let me just put a plug out there. Fasting is not a hunger strike. Fa fasting is not to get a hold of God. Fasting is to get a hold of me. Prayer is not even necessarily to get a hold of God. It's to get a hold of me so that I can be in the right position to be able to hear God appropriately. And there's people that they think, amen, by, this is what the Bible talks about, the hypocrites. They think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. As if me shouting up to heaven a thousand times an hour, uh, amen, God, 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 something's going to change. Uh, as if I'm going to strong arm God into moving. Amen, I want to tell you that we can't get God to move based on our much speaking. We can't get God to move based on our activity and our action. Uh, amen. God's going to allow us to wait because it's what's good for us uh, and it, it's what's right for us. And, and Mary and Martha, you can't strong arm Jesus into moving just because you have a friendship with him. And you can't just because you got a relationship with God doesn't mean you can force God to do anything in your life. Uh, God is sovereign and God is all powerful. And if God says no, that's his decision. Some of us in the waiting, we've got to learn that sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says not yet, and instead of getting an attitude about it, we say, okay, Lord, I trust you. That's part of my worship. Waiting is part of my worship. That says, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, but you know better than I do. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. The Bible says that Jesus, after he was called, the Bible says he hung around for a few more days. He waited. See, Jesus knows how to wait. And listen, we are not more stubborn than God. God knows how to wait us out. Amen. If we want to be stiff-necked, God will just wait. Amen. He waited for all the children of Israel for 40 years as they died in the wilderness. All right, I'll wait for somebody to finally just repent. Hallelujah. And so he waited four more days. And when he got there, they said, man, you should have came when we called you. Anybody ever felt like that? If you'd have come when we called you, it would have, it would have worked out differently. If, we, if you'd have showed up when I wanted you to, then, then maybe my brother wouldn't have died. And if you'd have been there when I called you, and if, if you didn't make me wait, it would have worked out the way I planned. You know, this is the challenge sometimes, is that we want God to work in our time frames. And we want God to fit in our box. But I've, I've got good news for you. God's not an idol. God is not made in our image. We're made in God's image. You know, the, reason, the real reason why some people don't want to worship the God of the Bible is because the God of the Bible doesn't fit what they want. 
See, because the God of our own making shows up when we want, how we want, exactly at the time we call for him. Uh, amen. He's like a vending machine, but the God of the Bible, sit back. Uh, amen. The Bible says he waited for a hundred years uh, while Noah built an ark. Uh, you'd think God would have showed up right away and just brought forth destruction or flip it on his head and brought forth miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, but instead, God waited. Uh, I want to tell you, God wants us to wait. Uh, in fact, we talked about it in the Bible study that on the seventh day, God rested. That's another way to say God waited uh, to show us that waiting is going to be part of your everyday life. Uh, it's going to be part of your existence. Uh, and you got to learn how to wait. And you got to learn how to wait properly. But here's the good news. After Jesus waited for a couple more days, he showed up to Lazarus, and now they weren't about to see a healing. They were about to see a resurrection for the first time. He said, Lazarus, come forth. If Jesus would have showed up on their time frame and showed up while, and didn't make them wait, he'd have just healed Lazarus. But because he waited a little while longer, the miracle was that much greater. And he resurrected Lazarus. What am I telling you? While you're waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God's up to something bigger than you and I could ever know. Could it be uh, you're looking for healing, but God's about to bring resurrection? Could it be you're looking for a small miracle, but God wants to bring about a great miracle? But great miracles come from waiting. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. They had to tarry, wait at Jerusalem until they could receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Think about this for a minute. Jesus dies, is buried for three days, and for 40 days he preaches and teaches to them. And then he says, all right, I'm out of here. Go wait in Jerusalem. Well, if you're leaving, you said if you don't go, the comforter can't come. So since you're going, why don't you just hurry up and send the Holy Ghost? God, you know, and, and, and mind you, and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit next week. The Bible says there were 500 standing, staring up, gazing into heaven. And only 120 made it to the upper room. Well, because only 120 understood what waiting's like. Amen. But the rest of them, they were just staring up because they were so fixated on Jesus leaving. They weren't looking towards what was coming. They were so focused on what they were losing and not what they were about to gain. And I've met a lot of people and pastored a lot of people like that. They're standing up, gazing into heaven when God says, if you just go forward, if you just go into the next stage I have for you, I'm going to endure you with power you never thought possible. But you got to wait for it. you got to wait for it. I have no doubt, 500 standing up, staring, gazing into heaven. I'm sure that maybe, maybe 450 of them made it to the upper room. But day one goes by. And 50 of them are like, all right, I'm hungry. Day two goes by. Another 50 are like, all right, let's get out of here. My friend's left. And they are waiting. And it's not until 10 days later. And we'll preach about it next week. That the day of Pentecost came and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I preach a modern-day Pentecost, iPhone-wielding Pentecost? Uh, amen. Part of Pentecost is tarry in Jerusalem until. 
Part of Pentecost is learning how to wait on God. Part of Pentecost is not getting the answer right away. It's just waiting on God until he answers. It's praying until he answers. It's worshiping until he answers. It's serving until he answers. It's living for God until he answers. Part of my worship is waiting. Part of my Pentecost is waiting. You can't have Pentecost without learning how to wait. You can't. Just because you didn't get the Holy Ghost after five minutes of praying doesn't mean it's not coming, honey. You got to pray until. You got to tarry until. You got to worship until. Somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. You don't get Pentecost without waiting. And I'm afraid that in this ADD, microwave mentality generation, people come to the altar for two minutes and pray, and God didn't answer. And they're like, well, he must have said no. Could it be he wants you to learn how to wait? Listen, I'm living it. I'm not just preaching. I'm living it. I want God to say yes, and I want him to say yes yesterday. That's why it's called yesterday. Amen. Dad joke for the win. Praise God. I want God to say yes. I want him to say yes right now. But sometimes you got to learn how to wait on God. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm just about done preaching. In fact, let's stand across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, lift up your voice. Right now, right where you are, there's some folks right now, you are tired of waiting. You are frustrated in your waiting you want things to happen. You want them to happen yesterday. Uh, hallelujah. You want God to answer and give you a affirmative. Uh, amen. And it's not happening right now. But you don't get Pentecost without waiting. You don't get a promise without waiting. You don't get an answer from God without waiting. Uh, amen. Because waiting is part of your worship. If you're waiting here today, I just want you to know you're in good company. Noah waited and endured mockery for a hundred years while building the ark, waiting for a flood to come. Abraham and Sarah had to wait while they wandered for 25 years just to have a child that God promised them. Amen. Jacob had to wait and work over seven years just to marry Rachel. Joseph waited 13 years and went through a pit, went through Potiphar's house, went through false accusation, went into prison, and went into the palace before his dream was fulfilled. Moses waited 40 years on the backside of the desert before he was called to deliver Israel. Joshua and Caleb had to wait 40 years in the wilderness. Amen. Because everybody else didn't believe God was able just so they could make it into the promised land. Jesus, God in flesh, waited 30 long years before starting the most important ministry that would ever grace this earth. Mary and Martha had to wait for Jesus to arrive while Lazarus died. Peter and the rest of the disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Got good news for everybody in waiting. You got a great cloud of witnesses. Well, God, I prayed this prayer a week ago. And Abraham's like, yeah, about that. Let's talk about 25 years. I fear for some of us, most of us actually, even if you're older, we've just not lived long enough. Well, I got gray hair. You just still haven't lived long enough. Abraham, 75, when God gave him the promise. You know, God 
God's time frames are not our time frames. We think, God, no, God, you have to do it within this time because science says and medical and uh, no. It's not within our time frames or our ability. It's within God's time frames and God's ability. I want to help us here today while we are waiting. God is working. And God is allowing us to wait because waiting is part of our worship. People always talk about what to do when you're waiting. Yes, you should actively, physically worship God. But I've come to preach to this church. Waiting is actually an act of worship. Because there's too many people that don't know how to wait at all. And God is giving us the opportunity to wait. Waiting is an act of worship because it involves aligning our hearts and our attitudes with God's character and his purpose. As a Christian that is waiting, we are learning to trust in God's timing. Number two, we are trusting, we are, we are, we are learning surrender and submission. I want to tell you, you don't learn surrender and submission if you get it all the time right away. You know, submission's when you don't agree. You know, you know, people, I'm submitted. We'll see. I'm submitted. Oh, we'll see. Wait until I say something you don't like. Wait until I teach or preach something you don't like. Wait until I tell you you need to be at church more than one time a week. Well, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, that's where submission comes in. But it only happens when we're waiting. Waiting helps us cultivate dependence on God. If, and, and this is another challenge of our generation. Everybody of this generation just about has a credit card. You know, you know the thing about a credit card? You buy now, you pay later. You buy now, you pay later. If you need it, swipe. You don't have to wait or save for nothing. You want to know why the world's in debt and our society's in debt? And here's some good financial advice. If you don't have it, don't buy it. You missed your opportunity to clap on that one. Praise God. I just helped, I just helped 30 people get out of debt right there. Live within your means. Praise God. Uh, but, but, but when you got a credit card mentality, it says, I'll just swipe now and pay later. And now, if we get everything answered right away, it's just a swipe. But when we have to wait, it's that moment where you have to save. And you have to pray. And you have to ask. And you have to seek. And you have to knock until it's open to you. Amen. Waiting on God uh, creates a sense of dependence on God. It reminds us that we are not self-sufficient. We need his wisdom. We need his strength. Uh, we need his provision. When we wait, it's part of our worship. It develops patience and perseverance. I want to help this generation. Amen. We're all in this generation. People are quitting too easy. They're giving up too fast. You know why? Because we're not made to wait for anything. And so if something's difficult or something's hard, we've almost intrinsically started thinking it must not be worth it. But everybody that's lived even an ounce of life at all knows the best things in life are worth waiting for and working for. Can I get an amen from everybody? This generation will tell you, why even try? It's difficult. Don't do it. Can I preach against the spirit of this age? Do it anyways. Number five, seeking God's will in his presence. When we wait, we get to find out what God's will is. You know, so often we think God's will is our will. And people, they get in trouble because they think God spoke to them. But the truth is they spoke to them. They parking lot profited themselves. Thus saith me. <laughs> I want to marry this person. 
the pastor said it's a bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyways. Praise God. I'm going to go this direction, even though it's everybody else in your life says it's not a good idea. But you do it anyways. But when you have to wait, it makes you actually ask God, what do you want for me? When you have to pause, you have a moment of reflection and say, God, what do you think? What do you think about this job I'm about to take? What do you think about this person I'm about to marry? What do you think about this pursuit I'm about to get involved in? What do you think about this hobby I want to get involved in? Waiting is part of our worship. Wait is a verb. What does waiting look like? It looks like worship when you're a Christian. Amen. Worship is not just confined to 30 minutes on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. But worship, and worship doesn't always involve a song. Amen. Every act of waiting, when you take a breath, it's worship. Worship to God is found in our ability to wait. Amen. This is what I've been praying this whole week. God, if the worship you want from us is waiting, help us to do it well. If the worship you want from me is waiting, help me to do it well. When we worship, we take our eyes off our problems and unfulfilled promises, and we set our hearts to seek God. Worship puts God's power and sovereignty in over our lives, and it puts everything into a proper perspective. When we worship, we experience His greatness, His authority, and His might. Amen. When we wait, we experience His presence. How many times has God wanted to move, but we were so quick to move on? But what would happen if we would just wait? Let's lift up our hands. I've got more I could preach, but I feel to stop here. Come on, would you lift up your hands? There's some people in this house right now that you are waiting. And you are, you, are, you are hurting while you're waiting. You are upset while you are waiting. Uh, amen. I want you to lift up your hands right now. You are waiting on God to answer. You are waiting on life to change. You are waiting. But I want to tell you, amen, that if you will wait upon the Lord, as the Bible says, amen, there's something that's going to happen as you wait. Wait is not just inactivity. Waiting is part of my worship. I, I am actively waiting. And if I will actively wait and serve the Lord, uh, while they were waiting on the Holy Ghost, uh, they went to Jerusalem and they were continually uh, worshiping and they were continually uh, praising and they were continually uh, in the temple. What do you do while you wait? I'll tell you what you do. You live a life of worship. In fact, I want everybody to come down to this altar. We're getting ready to worship the Lord. We're getting ready to sing. But I want everybody to come. I want, you to, I want you to bring what you're waiting on with you. I want you to bring that prayer request you're waiting on with you. I want you to bring that thing that you want God to hurry up and fix. I want you to bring that with you. I want you to bring your impatience with you and bring it down to this altar. Amen. I want to tell you that if you will begin to wait upon the Lord, the Bible says you will renew strength. Amen. Psalms tells us and it preaches to us that we have got to wait patiently upon the Lord. Amen. David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't, if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. He said, wait on the Lord and be of courage and he'll strengthen you. There's a strength you get from waiting that you'll never get from walking and never get from working. You only get it from waiting. Would you lift up your hands right now all across this building? Amen. As they begin to sing, 
Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord. Keep his way and he'll exalt you. Amen. Wait on the Lord and he'll save you. Wait on the Lord. Don't be ashamed of waiting. Don't let anybody that waits be ashamed. When you wait on the Lord, he's going to help you. It is good that you wait upon the Lord. Amen. The soul that seeks him, the soul that waits on him, will see the salvation of the Lord. Come on. Could it be your waiting right now is making your worship more powerful? It's making your prayers more potent. It's making all of the things you're doing for God more important. Could it be that if you had it right now, it wouldn't make those prayers as powerful? Could it be that if you got the answers right now, it wouldn't make that worship as powerful? But you've got a power right now to worship him while you're waiting, to seek him while you're waiting, to celebrate while you're waiting. Come on, let's hit all across this building. There's not a night. Come on, lift up your hands and let's magnify him. If we will learn to wait upon him, part of my waiting is worship. I'm worshiping God. Jesus will see you through. In time, he'll make you new. Our God, He cares about us. Everybody, wait on. Lift up your voice.
You may not be waiting on anything, but I guarantee your neighbor is. Why don't you lay your hands over on them and begin to pray with them? Because they need they need strength to enter their body. It's not easy to have dead silence on the other end of the line. It's not easy to not have a time frame. It's not easy to not know what's going on and when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But when you begin to wait upon the Lord, it's an act of worship. Come on, that's it. All across this building. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait Come on. on you, Jesus. Worship with your I'm brother while you wait. wait. You, Worship Jesus. with your sister while you wait. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. While you wait for your kids to come back to God, I'm not worship the Lord. Now. Worship the Lord. I'm not While you wait for your healing, now, worship say, the Lord. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. 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 I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. 
Come on, somebody lift up your hands. I feel strength coming in this building. I feel encouragement coming in this building. worship you don't just worship while you're waiting waiting is part of your worship come on somebody press on the Holy Ghost right now Come on, somebody, wait in the Holy Ghost. Tarry in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's no telling what will happen in our waiting. There's no telling what will happen in the middle of our tarrying and in the middle of our waiting. Let's love them all across this building. Come on, let's love them all across this building. I want to speak to every person in this house. If you're praying, keep praying. The things that we wait for are the most valuable things to us. 
me say that again. The things that we wait for are the most valuable things to us. And the things that we wait for and that waiting period itself is the most valuable to God. Could it be that the waiting that you are going through right now is actually increasing the value of your worship? Mm, I feel it. If Abraham had a hundred children, when God said, give me one, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have mattered. Had a hundred kids, no big deal. Take whichever one you want. And in fact, if he just had Isaac, as soon as God said he would, just right away. Don't worry, the next one will come after this. But the fact that he had to wait 25 years, and then he raised his kid for about 14 to 20 years, and thought, finally, I'm living in the promise that God has blessed me with. And God says, now give it back to me. The value of that sacrifice just went up. Because of his waiting. Waiting, let me put it this way. Worship is not just something you do while you're waiting. That's what I preached. Your waiting is, in fact, part of your worship. Would you lift up your hands one more time all across this building? Come on, there's some folks, you, you, you've gotten no answer. You don't have the time frame. You are in a holding pattern. You, you need God to come through and God to answer. And I believe God will. But right now, it's a waiting time. It's a waiting period. So what are you going to do while you're actively waiting? Are you going to worship? Are you going to be in the temple? Are you going to be praising God? Or are you just going to let the waiting get to you and tear you down and make you impatient? No, I made it up in my mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And while I'm waiting, I'm going to grow. And while I'm waiting for things, doors to open, I'm going to make sure I'm prepared for the door I'm about to walk through. And while I'm waiting on God to do this, I'm going to make sure I'm learning the lessons I need to learn. I heard a story of a man. He went to a, took his wife to a nice restaurant. And they, a guy came by and told him the specials of the day and he said yeah that sounds great we'll take it while he's sitting there he saw four or five families come in and all of them were eating their food and he still hadn't even got his appetizer you ever been there I've been there that's frustrating and after about 25 minutes he called the waiter said hey what's the deal I've been waiting for 30 minutes I get I got here about 40 minutes before these people and he looked at the man and he said sir what you ordered is special what, what, what they order is just something off the menu. But what you order was something special, and it takes a little longer to prepare. Could it be the times we're waiting, God's just preparing something special? You ain't just getting the standard, same old, same old. But while you're waiting, just trust and grow in trust that God knows better than we do. And God's got, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. Praise Him while you're waiting. Shout while you're waiting. Dance while you're waiting. Uh, live for Him with all your heart while you're waiting. <laughs> Lift up your hands one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for the opportunity to wait. Thank you for the, the special order that's on the way, God. And I thank you, Lord, that as I wait, God, my worship is becoming more valuable in your presence. 
And I pray, God, that as I wait, would let worship permeate out of me. God, let it, let it flow through me, Jesus that I would become a person of worship, uh, that worship wouldn't just be an activity, but God, while I am waiting uh, and seemingly passive and active, uh, that it would be an act of worship before you and it would be pleasing in your sight. And God, we're not going to fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. So what am I going to do? I'm waiting. What does waiting look like this week? Waiting looks like Tuesday night prayer meeting, 7 p.m. I'm going to be in prayer. Well, it hadn't happened yet. Well, I'm going to be praying about it. What does it look like? Wednesday night Bible study, search for truth. I'm going to learn as much as I can about his word while I'm waiting. And I'm going to worship him with my brothers and sisters. What's it look like? Renovate conference in Sparks, Nevada at 7.30 on Friday. We're going to get, you just never know, maybe. One of these moments is the moment that God decides to do it for you. Don't miss that moment in Jesus' name. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another while you wait in Jesus' name. God bless.